You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Think again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio. 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 64th program of Think Again, our 22nd remote program in the time of the coronavirus. Think Again is brought to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organization that has been dedicated to social change for almost 23 years. I'm Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. Today we're talking about what is happening with the economy and the climate during COVID-19 and the lessons we can learn from that towards doing things better in the future. In past programs about the economy and economic growth, we argued that our government's focus on economic growth and never-ending consumption is a one-way street to ecological disaster. It would inevitably lead to the loss of livability on this planet for humans and myriad other species. Mm, That's right. We live within the boundaries and the bounty of a finite planet. Mm. We can't have infinite growth in consumption and infinite use of natural resources. You'd think that's common sense. And Mm. we just can't discard our waste and obsolescent products wherever it's cheap and not visible. It's just not possible. Yeah, yesterday I saw an article showing that then, yesterday actually, if everyone would leave like North Americans or Australian citizens or persons, we already now would need four and a half to five additional planets Mm -hmm. or planets. And there's no planet B, let alone four Mm -hmm. or five ones. We Mm -hmm. then could start destroying after having decimated our own planet A. But meanwhile, many of us, individuals, companies, we have started to change. For example, we have started to create socially and ecologically responsible B companies, just to use that word Mm -hmm. B again, which is a Mm -hmm. good thing to which we will come back. But we really just are at the early start of the necessary changes. Mm. Yeah, so can you tell us what you mean by responsible B companies, Charles? Well, B company is a term which has been invented to distinguish it from the merely profit and surplus-oriented companies and that is mm. socially and ecologically responsible ones and who in their value system put that first rather than just making money. And so all of this focus on economic growth and consumptions is tragically being played out in climate change, environmental degradation, loss of biodiversity, extreme weather events, pollution, and the consequences for us humans, ourselves. Yeah, and we we really know all of of this, don't we? I feel like Mm -hmm. we're going over the same ground and saying very obvious things, and they all Mm -hmm. seem very obvious and self-evident, but we're still not acting on them. There's mm-hmm. just this stubborn focus on economic growth, economic growth as a solution to everything. 
uh, definitely by our pollies and also being pushed by the mainstream media too. Yeah, that's right, the 90% majority of our mainstream media. Indeed, many mm. people have become aware of how our efforts to keep our economy healthy and growing result in the destruction of the natural world and how they, in the end, therefore also attack our personal social health and our well-being. We've been sharing this holistic understanding with listeners in previous programs and growing numbers of people are wondering about the relationship between the destructive changes we are inflicting on the natural world and the emergence of COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Yeah, with the in increasing encroachment into natural habitats of humans mm -hmm. and I guess looking at it the other way, Many are wondering if life under lockdown is actually reducing our harm to the natural world <laughs> mm -hmm. when we aren't buying so many clothes and consumer goods, for example. Yeah, yeah. and where yes, exactly. And where air transport has been drastically reduced, we aren't driving our cars so much. Our recreational activities, including eating at restaurants and pubs, has dropped out of existence almost, and so on. Many mm -hmm. other things there. Mm. Yeah, but before talk, we do want to talk about the economy and the environment, the interaction under COVID. Mm. So before talking more about the impact of reduced consumption on the environment, let's look at what's happening with the Australian economy under COVID. Economist Ross Gittins, who we refer to regularly, it, uh, it seems, proposes it's mm. going relatively okay. That's compared to other nation. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, he cites a report from the Lowy Institute by John Edwards, a former board member of the Australian Reserve Bank. Apparently, there have been drastic cuts in spending on discretionary retail, such as clothing, for furniture, travel, sports, entertainment and, and arts, as I already said. In fact, most of the economic downturn we're witnessing has been in the form of a sudden drop in household consumption. At the same time, mm. most of the workforce kept working from their usual place of work or from home, except, of course, in the areas I just mentioned before. Yeah, the loss of international mm. tourism has been outweighed by Australians who are not spending their money overseas. So, according to the Lowy Institute, Australia's economic contraction compared to the U.S. and others is half that of the U.S., Euro, the Euro, the Euro era or area, sorry, Britain, Canada, in a proportional, in proportional terms, of course. Yeah. So, and he's talking about economic contraction. So, how much mm -hmm. it's reducing? Yeah. Mm. And um, the Lowy report's so-called silver lining is that three quarters of our goods and exports go to East Asia, a region that's growing faster in economic terms, that is, than Europe. Or the Americas. Mm. Mm. That's right. Uh, meanwhile, of course, we keep <laughs> bagging all of those from the, that area. As again, the age shows this morning in its front in its front page. And here, and here we return to the central problem. We continue to be fixated on coupling economic well-being and our personal and collective well-being in general with consumption, and it is yeah, this runaway right. consumption and the associated production of obsolescent stuff that is destroying our home, planet Earth. 
Yeah, and we're fixated on the idea that growth and development is necessary for a healthy economy, mm. uh, supposedly providing jobs for everyone. Uh, good luck with that, along with profits for fewer and fewer people. Yeah. Mm. So our question is, how can we have a healthy and just economy that supports all living things now and into the future? Mm-hmm. So while pondering that big question before coming back to it, we'll go to Wala is Life by Alara. life while I falls from sky rain beginning of life like our kinship ties in mother earth's eyes river banks flow wide fingerlings swim wild making mother moon smile hasn't rained in a while Walla is blood Walla gives flood Walla is life Gotta get law right, limitless undercurrents, pushing, pulling, pumping, gliding, sliding, mulling, trickles from the nipples of sacred springs, it's an animal thing. to show broad community support. Show your support for walking and cycling in the city of Yarra by appearing as a champion on the Streets Alive website, representing your local street, neighbourhood or school. It's fast, free and simple. Learn more at streets-alive-yarra.org. A 3CR supporter.
listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we're exploring how economic growth is linked to the destruction of our planet and we're wondering what we can learn about looking at the current pandemic Mm -hmm. as a test case. Yeah, can our changes in lifestyle under COVID tell us anything about the economy and the health of our world ecosystem? We can, mm-hmm. as I said, look at, as a de- at it as a test case in how our economic mm-hmm. activity or our output impacts on the natural world and see whether our planet Earth has received a bit of a breather through our reduced consumption and carbon emissions during the mm-hmm. pandemic. Yeah, so that's the question. According to CSIRO scientists writing in the conversation, global annual average emissions for 2020 were between 4.2% and 7.5% lower than for 2019 because of the COVID-19 lockdowns. So that sounds like great news. I'll repeat those figures. Emissions were lower by about 4% to 7.5% under COVID. Mm. And that's, of course, proportional for the time of the year. Firstly, Mm -hmm. look how we can all quite suddenly and overnight, it seems, change our lifestyles when we agree to deal with it as an emergency. The lockdowns have no doubt caused enormous pain and suffering for many, but somehow, on the whole, it, has, it was seen as, a ne- as necessary to stay alive or to prevent a rather unpredictable in- illness. Mm. And a reduction yeah, in emissions spreading. must be a good thing too, even if short term. Or so you would think, wouldn't you? Yeah, but as with a lot of things, it's a, li- things, it's a little more complex than that. What mm. we're interested in to prevent catastrophic climate change is a lower concentration of carbon dioxide or CO2 in the atmosphere. So CO2 accumulates in the atmosphere over time. This level of CO2 is affected by the capacity of ecosystems to absorb CO2 from the atmosphere. Mm. So it's not just what's being emitted immediately um, that determines the level of CO2 in the atmosphere. Mm. The CSIRO scientists writing for the conversation they explain that about half of our emissions are absorbed by oceans and ecosystems or what they call carbon sinks, including vegetation. Mm -hmm. So when bushfires happen, we get a double negative whammy. Massively spewing carbon into the atmosphere, as just happened between October last year and February 2020, Mm -hmm. while also, secondly, losing all those trees that were absorbing carbon from the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. In addition, lack of rainfall reduces the grasslands and forests that can absorb carbon. And as oceans get polluted and become warmer, their capacity to absorb carbon equally reduces. So the drawdown Mm. from the already existing overload of carbon in the atmosphere remains a big problem. Yeah. Mm. While localised reductions in carbon emissions during COVID-19 have been occurring, Mm -hmm. especially over cities and large concentrated populations, this is yet to translate into less CO2 in the atmosphere. Reduction of CO2 in the atmosphere, that takes time. 
doesn't happen straight away. Mm-hmm. Also, the effect of locally reduced emissions, like over big cities, that's diluted when measures are taken off the world's atmosphere as a whole. That's right, mm. especially as the Amazon and other large forest tracts in Africa and Asia continue to be burned or logged. Yeah, and meanwhile, rapid warming of the atmosphere also gets the permafrost melting in places like Alaska and Greenland, releasing methane, which is many times more harmful than CO2 for global warming. And on that note, we'll go to another promo. Yeah, it does get more hopeful. (laughs) City Limits, brought to us by the People's Committee for Melbourne every Wednesday at 9am. City Limits is Melbourne's only hour devoted to our urban environment. To transport and planning and housing issues. To privatisations and our utility services. To building and or maintaining a sense of community. 855 on the AM band, if we can hear it through the noise and find it through the smog. City City Limits. Limits. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today, we're talking about the link between our economic growth addictions and their effect on global warming and other ecological factors. Mm, yeah, our CSIRO scientist friends writing in the conversation remind us of the international agreement brokered by the United Nations in Paris in 2015 to limit global warming. The central aim of what's called the Paris Climate Agreement is to limit global warming to well below 2% Celsius and to pursue efforts to keep it below 1.5 degrees Celsius. Degrees, Mm -hmm. Degrees, sorry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank you, Jacques. To limit global warming to below 2 degrees, our emissions must decline by 3% every year until 2030. And more ambitiously, to keep global warming to below 1.5%, which we really need to do because even 2% would be um, catastrophic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to reduce our emissions by 7% every year. So not just one-off like during the COVID mm-hmm. um, pandemic. We need to reduce emissions by 7% every year until mm-hmm. 2030. So mm-hmm. remember, global annual average emissions for 2020 mm-hmm. were lower uh, mm-hmm. by between 4% and 7.5% compared to 2019 because of our COVID response. So it is possible if the political will is there, even if the political will was for a different purpose during COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we need to keep... The point is, it's not a one-off. We need to keep doing this every year. We need to have systems in place to keep doing this every year. And mm-hmm. and definitely, it, um, we can't just snap back to our old mm-hmm. ways. We just can't. Yeah, snap back to that kind of a magical formula which our government <laughs> seems to be putting in place. So there's no wonder that the CSIRO scientists argue we must act now to make deep, significant and permanent changes to global energy and economic systems. That's a quote. 
but the response from our federal government looks pretty much like more of feed dragging, playing games with so-called transitional measures to secure energy for the presumably mm. necessary economic growth by digging for more gas and not yet giving up on coal. Mm. And just today we hear that Australia's mm. Clean Energy Fund is mm. being primed by the federal government to facilitate mm. investment yeah. in gas production against all the best mm. scientific yeah. advice. Yeah, mm. it's quite, quite interesting. <laughs> and almost paradoxically, it's large companies that are making commitments towards zero emissions or at least um, in their public de- declarations, BHP, mm-hmm. the National Farmers Federation, AGL, etc. So um, we're not holding our breath at the moment um, looking to Canberra to help with the climate breakthrough that we really need to have now. Mm. Mm. So the question remains, how can we bring about change and decouple separate economic well-being from environmental and social devastation. And there, I have to say, the news is much better, we think. In several of our next programs, we will have some in-depth conversations about alternatives to the personally, socially, and ecologically destructive growth economy, also known as capitalism, and especially Mm. in its special state of neoliberalism. Mm. For example, there's just a new book exploring degrowth by Vincent Ligue and our friend Anitra Nelson, who talk about degrowth and how to implement it. We also mm-hmm. have had a program in the past, as you will probably remember, about degrowth. Commenting on this mm-hmm. book, John Holloway, who is the author of Change the World Without Taking Power, he says, we are living the spectacular failure of capitalism as a way of ensuring social reproduction. Mm. And now is the time to break. To break with capital, with labor, to develop with development, with quantitative growth. Mm. Mm. And so the book themes around which the book is constructed, so to speak, they include horizontal democracy. Rather than the current top-down command and control forms of Mm. government, I guess. That's correct, that's right. And exploring degrowth also covers local economies, the reduction of work and post-capitalism, and it shows why degrowth is a compelling and realistic project that should be taken seriously by all Mm. people looking to prevent catastrophe. And as an aside, the Post-Growth Institute has just turned 10 years of age, so it has been around for a while. Yeah, and the topics of that book, Degrowth Shark, of course, are all close to our hearts and minds. Yeah, we we'll probably invite Anitra at some point in time to talk with us. We would also have to talk about different ways to think about and create jobs, especially for young people who have been hardest hit by the effects of the pandemic. And whilst our government remains, quote, masterful, non-committal, as Ross Kitten says in Wednesday's Age, we need to move beyond the gig economy and instead empower the self-employed workforce. And I love that title. It is suggested mm. in the new publication by the New Economy, NEF, the New, Econ- the new Economy Foundation in the UK. UK, yeah. So a lot of cooperative initiatives uh, have already started, really, with moves towards self-employment together with efforts to localise what's called the circular economy, which is 
Circular refers to an economy that eliminates waste and continually reuses resources, which is really what we need. Mm. This cooperative, localised approach offers an alternative double positive whammy in that it addresses the insane distances workers, consumers and products often need to undertake in order to bridge the sites of production, storage, distribution, sale and consumption. Yeah. It would also cut transport costs and CO2 product production. The beneficial, it would be beneficial for workers, for their families. It would allow for recycling and upcycling and have all mm. manner of other positive side effects. Mm. Then there's all the initiatives surrounding food production, distribution mm. and consumption, uh, which we talked about in an earlier program on mm. food security, I think it was called food yeah. security. Yeah. Yeah. Food sovereignty and, uh, yeah. And then there and are regional security. initiatives to create a commons economy, for example, in Bendigo and Castlemaine. Next week, we will be talking with Ian McBurney, the initiator of a beehive, of beehive and an, mm. an emerging commons in Bendigo. And then there's the peer-to-peer global network that puts strong links to local individuals and groups in Australia, including us at the Borderlands Cooperative. Yeah, and there are many initiatives relating to housing and community. So we, we plan to invite activists and practitioners in a series of alternative housing settings, including cooperative housing, co-housing and intentional communities, to this program over time. And mm. I should also mention that the things that we're re- referring to in this program, we can put them on our program page on 3CR as well. Mm. That's right. Mm. Yeah. We, ve- we do very much believe that the COVID-19 outspr- outbreak, whilst admittedly devastating in devastating. many ways, and mm. for many people and small businesses and so, it offers us the chance to start dreaming, planning and acting differently. If we consider this pandemic as a test case of what may happen to us humans on a much grander scale when the, pl- when the planet finally decides to really get back at us with a vengeance, we should take the opportunity to figure out how we can prevent worse. Who knows? Mm-hmm. We could try and create the beginning of a new era for humans on a healing mm-hmm. planet, all the, way, all the while healing ourselves. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the uh, our, our journal, the New Community, we will be dealing with some of those alternatives as well, uh, for worldwide as worldwide as well as in Australia. Uh, so the whole entire issue next, the next issue coming out in a couple of weeks will be uh, basically dealing with COVID nineteen and its positive consequences, as well as of course yeah. some of mm-hmm. the negative ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'd also like to mention the campaign continues to retain COVID supplements mm-hmm. to JobSeeker and other Centrelink payments, especially as reductions are being forecast for the end of September. It's been called a time when people will be going off a cliff, which is pretty a devastating metaphor. Mm-hmm. So you can join the Raise the Rate campaign online or just tell your local MP your federal MP, that Centrelink payments need to be set at a livable level permanently. Mm. Exactly. And if you can do something about uh, protesting against the investment in gas, do that too. 
Yes. Meanwhile, thanks for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio with Jacques Boulet and Jennifer Borrell. Remember, if you want to send us a message or ask about anything from today's program, you can email Borderlands borders at borderlands.org.au. <laughs> Just put Think Again in the subject line. Our programs are available by podcast and the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. And again, we would like to thank Leanne for pulling these programs together from the 3CR studio while Jennifer and I connected remotely. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, stay tuned for Jailbreak, which gives an important voice to prison inmates, their families and friends. To bring us into this program, we have World Turning by Yotu Yindi.